Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. of our series called A Christmas Carol, and last week, Pastor Justin asked the question, are you a bah humbug person, or are you a peacekeeper, a peacemaker? And so um, we are continuing on with that series today. Um, let's give it up for the, for the actors and the, uh, that were doing the, the production this morning. Fantastic job, you guys. Fantastic job. Well, they were reenacting um, a scene in the movie, which if you have re- uh, read the book, um, I don't know why you would do that because there are so many adaptations of this um, into a movie, so why read when you can uh, melt your brain with uh, movies? Um, but if you have seen A Christmas Carol, you know that there is a character named Ebenezer Scrooge, and Ebenezer has an employee named Bob Cratchit who you just saw um, them portraying, and Bob is a very joyful, very kind person. And all throughout the movie, I'm going to say movie because I've never read the book, all throughout the movie, you never see Bob or you never hear Bob um, talk ill of Scrooge. You never hear him cut him down. He never loses his cool, right? All throughout it, I'm thinking, man, you could cut this guy down to size and tell him why he is going to die a lonely old man, but he never does. And so our question today is how can we be a Bob Cratchit to these Scrooges in our life? Now, every one of us has a Scrooge that we have to deal with, right? Some of you live with that person. Some of you are married to that person. Uh, Maybe you guys have procreated that person. Um, Maybe you work for that person. It's It's a co-worker. There are people in our lives that just get under our skin. It's like their life mission to see how mean and nasty they can be to us. Uh, Last week, um, Aubrey and I got to travel over Thanksgiving, and so Sunday we were coming back. And if you guys uh, have been on vacation, you know that once vacation is over, you just want to be home, right? It's like if I could just teleport myself into my bed, that would be awesome. But last Sunday... We had about 21 hours of travel until we were back home, and so it was a long day. And in the middle of that day, our, our plane lands, I think it was in Dallas, and uh, if you have ever been on a plane, you know that when it lands and it gets to the gate, there is proper etiquette on getting off of a plane, right? It is one row after the other, and then the next row, and so on and so forth until you go from front to back and everyone is off the plane. If people abide by that rule, there are no issues. 
However, apparently uh, Sunday, um, November, whatever, 29th was, uh, or, or whatever, no, it's December 1st, um, was a day where all rules went out the window because as the plane landed, I stood up to stretch my legs and then out of nowhere, this mom and daughter like appear next to me and I was like, you were not sitting next to me. Where did you guys come from? There must be a fire in the back of the plane. That's the only reason you would not be following the plane exit etiquette. So I look back, there's no fire. And this mom and daughter, it's not like a five-year-old who's like, yay, we got some plate. No, it's like a 25-year-old and like a 50, 55-year-old woman. And so I'm like, they should know better, right? They should know how to properly exit a plane. And so in my mind, I'm like sizing them up. And I'm like, I've got like 60, 70. I just came off vacation, maybe 80 pounds on these women. Like I could easily like box out in the lane and like back them up. And so everyone can exit in an orderly fashion. I would be hailed as a hero on Southwest Flight 738 or whatever it was, right? Like people would celebrate my name and there'd be songs written about because I'm upholding this, this rule. And God's like, hey, 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 knock it off. Knock it off. And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna let him pass. No, no issues. And so I let him pass. God's like, you get off the plane two seconds later. It's not a big deal. I let him pass. And then as like divine intervention, I see these two ladies again at the little flight ticket check-in desk. And they're kind of holding up the line. And I'm like, ah, here's my chance. God has opened the doors. I'm going to give them a little shoulder check on the way back, right? Not like one that would get a penalty flag, but just let them know that like, hey, I saw what you did. Don't do that again. And as I'm approaching them, I'm like, oh, it's going down. It's going down. And God's like, nope. And I'm like, ah. Right, and I step around them, and I just kind of glare at them instead of like physically assault them, which is, I mean, if you have to do one or the other, the, the glare is much better than the physical assault. Um, that's just a practical tip. But um, I only had to deal with those scrooges in my life for like five, ten minutes. Some of us, we have been dealing with the same scrooge in our life for years. So how do we be a Bob Cratchit to the scrooges in our lives? And just so we are all on the same page, Here's how we're going to define a Scrooge. A Scrooge is a selfish, mean, inconsiderate, greedy, or just overall difficult person. How many of you guys can think of at least one Scrooge in your life? Anyone? Okay. All right. The rest of us, think harder because it might be you. Um, Anyway, um, we are going to be reading in Galatians chapter 5. Verses 22 through 26. Pastor Justin mentioned this uh, passage last Sunday. We are going to be here and kind of this is going to be our main text for the day. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 through 26 says this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading. Everyone say, in every part. Everyone, there, let's try it again. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So, we are following the Spirit's leading, not in some parts of our lives, but in every part of our lives. When it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, this is something as a, as a healthy follower of Jesus that we all should be displaying on a daily basis, right? 
It's not just a handful. It's not the ones that are easy to us. This is all of them should be on display as a follower of Christ, right? Just like a healthy apple tree produces there you go. It wasn't a trick question, guys. It's, it's all right. It's, it's, it's 12.05. You're like, he's talking about apples. I'm hungry. I want apple pie. And you're like, ooh, Christmas food, all right? And so, like, your mind, I know it rabbit trails, but stick with me, right? Um, just like a healthy apple tree produces apples, so we as healthy followers of Christ should produce these fruits of the Spirit, right? These characteristics, these attitudes, all of these things should be evident in our life. So how do we deal with the Scrooge? Um, we let the Holy Spirit's guide our lives. Let's pray. Sermon over. We're done. No, we're almost done. Um, Here's why we're almost done is because I would love to go over all nine of these. Um, I would love to go over all of them and then say, hey, the rest are up to you to go study. Like, I'd love to do all that. Um, But as I was working through, I was like, no, we'll just go over four. And I was like, no, that's still too long. We'll just hit two. So out of the two, right, your homework is to go take care of the rest, right, to go study the rest. Um, is to go um, read about them, go study what they mean, the original Greek, all that stuff. Can you guys do that? Just nod your head. Thank you. That's, you guys just play along. Just make me feel good. Um, so the two that we're going to be going over tomorrow are patience and kindness. Tomorrow? Yeah. We're coming back tomorrow. Be back here. 1206. We'll pick up the rest of, uh, of the series. Yeah. Um, no. So the two we're going to be going over today our patience and kindness. Patience and kindness. Please have patience with me. It's been a long morning, so that's what we're, that's what we're talking about, these patience and kindness. So the first thing, let's hop into it. First thing is we don't just pray for patience, we practice it. We don't just pray for patience, we practice it. Now, if I were to say, what is a word that is kind of like synonymous with patience? Would waiting, like, would that kind of be a good, you think waiting would be a good one? Um, Here's the deal. Um, man, we just came out of Thanksgiving. Like, you probably still smell the gravy, like, on my clothes. You know, you leave Grandma's house and your clothes smell like Grandma's Thanksgiving dinner, right? You probably still smell, like, just a few days away, or a few days ago, we were um, having Thanksgiving. How many of you guys were patiently waiting for your Thanksgiving meal? Right? You're like, mm. how many of you guys are like your, your grazers, right? You'll go around the chicken or like the, the turkey, you'll go around the kitchen and like pick up little like pieces what you can here and there, right? If you were with my family, we're like a pack of hyenas, like circling the kitchen ready for the food to be done, right? There, we are, there is no patience, right? We are begrudgingly waiting for dinner to be ready. The version in, in King James, instead of patience, The word is long-suffering. You're like, I like that word a lot better than patience, right? Because patience sometimes seems like a long time of suffering. When your little kids freak out and they want food and you're like, feed me, feed me, feed me. You're like, be patient, be patient. And we say that because it's a lot more Christian than shut up and wait, right? Like we we try to teach them some good values. Um, Patience is not just waiting. It's our attitude while we wait, Right? We will pray for patience, and then God will open up opportunities for us to be patient. And you're like, hey, God, how about you just give me the patience? Right? Like, I don't want like, these testing and difficult situations. Just give me the patience. Right? We'll, we'll pray for patience, and then, then we'll do what my dad did when I was in high school, when I would mow the yard. Right? I can only count on a, uh, like probably one hand the number of times I had to mow the yard when I was growing up because... Um, 
unbeknownst to him, he was here first service, so I had to admit this, which was awkward, but unbeknownst to him, I would do a bad job intentionally so I didn't have to mow the yard anymore, right? And he would lose patience. He'd be like, just give me the mower. I'll finish it. Look at these lines. They're terrible. You gave our yard a mohawk. Like, what's going on here, right? And we, that's what we do. We'll pray for patience. And then when uh, me, as an idiot son, didn't mow the yard, my dad's praying for patience. And he's like, nope, just give me the patience, God. I'm done with this kid, right? And that's how it looks. But the amazing thing is this, is that God doesn't deal with us that way. And that is good news for us. That God doesn't deal with us the way that we deal with other people when it comes to being patient. What do I mean by that? Well, we, we have this book right here called the Bible, right? We are able to see how Jesus lived his life. We are able to turn and read, and guess what? We still fall short. We still mess up. We still screw up on a daily basis. And what is God doing in the midst of that? He is dealing with us patiently. He is exercising patience with us. As I was studying and working on this, this message for, for this morning, um, I started to see that every one of the fruits of the Spirit that we are called to have, God has already exercised those with us. He has already displayed patience with us. And here in a little bit, we're going to see how he has displayed the other ones for us as well, right? These fruit of the spirits are not a spiritual pipe dream that only super Christians have. You're like, I'm a pretty good Christian, but like patience isn't great. Like, I'm not, I don't have a ton of patience, right? These fruit of the spirits are something that we all should have, that we all should have. Um, in 1 Timothy 1, 16, Paul is writing, and what I love about Paul is before he gave his life to Jesus, and before his life was radically changed, um, his job and what he, what he did was he would find and prosecute and oversee executions of Christians, this is the guy that wrote a good chunk of the New Testaments, a guy who I'm going to be reading from right now. Keep that in mind as I read this. 1 Timothy 1.16, it says, But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. God was exercising great patience with him, who he said he was the worst of sinners. If you are in here today, man, and you think, you, if, you're just going, if you're just coming to church and going through the motions, and you know, you feel inside that you are worthless, that there is no way that God could forgive you again, can I say that God is exercising great patience with you? Just like he did with Paul, in hopes that others would see that as an example and say, oh man, if that guy can have a relationship with Jesus, surely I can as well. God has exercised patience with us. The biblical definition of the word patience, like what it means when it was originally written in the Greek, in 1 Timothy and also in Galatians, it means a restraint, it means endurance, it means being constant, like your emotions are not up and down, right? It's not like you having a good poker face, but inside your blood is boiling, that is not being patient. Restraint, endurance, constant in your emotions, but it also means a slowness in avenging words. How many of you guys, is anyone here that's really witty, that's quick, quick with their, their words? Yeah, patience means not uh, doing that. It means exercising self-control when it comes to that gift of the spirit, as you would love to call it, right? Um, patience 
is how God has dealt with us. Patience is how God has dealt with us. It's not just waiting, but it's our attitude in the waiting. In the waiting when dealing with difficult people, are we still exhibiting the goodness and the gentleness and the self-control that God has shown us? Man, the next time you encounter a difficult person, try this. And try to give you guys something you can take home and work on as you leave, as you, as you go home, as you encounter a difficult person, maybe sitting next to you on the ride home, uh, and that conversation fires up. Just take a step back. Take a step back from that conversation and think and remind yourself of all of your mistakes. Remind yourself of your, fall, your faults, your, your, your screw-ups. Remind yourself of the sins that, that no one else really knows about, that you would be too ashamed to tell anyone else about. Think about all those things. And then understand that God is dealing with you patiently on a daily basis. That God is, is, is exercising restraint, right? We're looking at the Greek definition. He's exercising endurance. He's like, I'm enduring these people, right? He is being slow, in his, his, his justice on you, right, what we deserve, right, God is not giving us that. Instead, he's giving us grace for our mistakes. Think about how God is dealing with you. And then when you engage in a conversation or have to interact with a difficult person, say, man, if God can do that with me for my whole life, surely I can deal with this person. I can exercise patience with this person. So we don't just pray for patience, right? We practice it as well. We don't just deal with patience, we practice it as well. The second thing is this, is we've got to kill them, don't get too excited, with kindness, right? We've got to kill them with kindness. You're like, killing someone is probably a lot easier than exercising patience and kindness, right? No, we kill them with kindness. How many of you in here find it, like, just natural, really easy to be nice to someone who is rude and mean? Is there anyone who's like, yeah, that's me? Awesome. Let me tell you how the rest of us work. We plot their demise, like, in the meantime, right? We're like, how can I, like, right? We, it's not natural for us to treat people um, how we want to be treated. That is not what is natural. What is natural is for us to want to treat people how they have treated us, right? If you're nice to me, oh, man, yeah, I will definitely be nice to you. You invite me to your birthday party, high five, I'm going to get you an awesome gift. You're invited to my birthday party, right? If you ask me to move, you help me move, um, I will tell you I'll help you move, and then I'll call in sick like the morning of, right? Uh, but we have the best intentions, right? If people are kind to us, we will return kindness. But if people are mean and rude to us, man, why, why shouldn't I just be rude and mean and short with that person? That's what's natural, but here's the thing. This is the fruit of the Spirit, right? This is God working and moving and changing our hearts. And you know what's included in that list in Galatians? Kindness. Kindness. Again, it's not natural. It's not how we were made. This is God shaping and transforming our hearts and minds. So Paul, again, is writing in Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 7, and Paul says this. He says, once we too were foolish and disobedient, we were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. Man, look at those adjectives. Is that how you want your life described? No, probably not, right? It's like, hey, what do you think of Michael? Well, he's pretty evil and envious, uh, but other than that, he's a great guy, right? It's like, no, that's not 
really how it works. Like, we don't want these adjectives defining our life, but Paul is writing, he's saying, hey, this is who we were, right? This is who we were. But check out what verse 4 says. I love the turnaround here. It says, but when God our Savior revealed his kindness, fruit of the Spirit, and love, also fruit of the Spirit, um, just don't have time to get to it today, right? These are not, kindness and patience are not more important than the other ones, just the only two we're hitting today. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Notice what happens when God opens up that door of kindness and love. The verse 3 is saying, hey, these people were living in darkness. We were evil. We were lost. We were hateful. But when God opened up the door of kindness and love, what happens? It draws us to him, and because of that, our lives are saved. Our hearts are changed. Not because of anything that we had done, but simply because of who God is. Man, in life, we want to surround ourselves with kind people. We want to surround ourselves with people that are, are, are caring, are nice, are generous, are sympathetic, right? Those are people that we want to put around us. Like, those are people we want in our lives that are there for you in, in, in any time you need them, right? Those are the people we want to surround ourselves with. But look what God does. God does that same thing for us, but on a much larger scale, right? We're lost. We're hurting and God's like, hey, check this out. Boom, kindness, love. And we're like, oh man, I want that. Not because of anything we do, but God drawing us to himself. God drawing us to himself. Man, if God has done that for us, think about how it plays out in the real world when you deal with the Scrooges in your life. When you display kindness, when you display love, when you display these fruit of the spirits, it's drawing people not to you, but to God. Because that's God working through you. That's God changing your heart and your mind and your attitude where people are naturally drawn and you're like, oh, they're drawn to me. No, 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 they're drawn to, the, to Jesus working inside of you. And when we display kindness, just like God saved us, when we display kindness, other people can experience God and in turn be saved and be changed. That may not happen overnight. Guess what? That's where patience comes into play as well. You're like, God, I was kind to him once. And he's like, okay, yeah, keep it up. Like, keep, let's... Keep working this out, you know, and as we are patiently being kind, it reveals the goodness and the gentleness and the love of God, and people see God in you, and their lives are changed. Man, if you want to work on this when you get home, when you go to work tomorrow, do this. Next time you're encountering the Scrooge, tell yourself, man, I'm going to show this person the kindness of God for the next 60 seconds, and then count off the minutes. Not out loud. They'd think you're weird. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm putting up with you for a minute. I have to do it. It's church thing, whatever, right? Um, just talk, count to yourself. Ten minutes. Or, not, or, or ten minutes. Uh, ten seconds. You have to do it for ten minutes. Do it for ten minutes. Do it for, um, do it for 60 seconds. And when that 60 seconds is up, count 60 seconds again. And when that 60 seconds is up, count it again. And count it again. The kindness that you are showing people should not run out. Because why? The kindness that God is showing us has not run out.
Man, I want you to notice something about all this. All these are possible because God is transforming and changing our hearts. It's not possible because of anything that we can do. This is not the fruit of Michael, right? Hey, this is what I do, right? Because what I would naturally want to do is be jealous and be angry and be bitter and be sarcastic. That's what I want to do. But this is God moving and transforming your heart and your mind. Man, if you want five steps on dealing with difficult people, I'm sure there's probably a lot of great books at Barnes and Nobles or your local library, right? Go check it out. This is not about a behavior modification. This is about a spiritual transformation that is happening inside of you. This is God working and changing your heart. This is not you changing a habit. This is God changing your heart. I'm going to read off some statements. And if this applies to you when dealing with difficult people, just raise your hand. Um, I'll raise my hand for the ones that I, that I struggle with. Um, but raise your hand if you have told yourself, um, if I can just avoid this person, then I'll be happy. Has anyone said that? Right? If I can just avoid this person. Um, if I can just make it to the weekend, right? Little lover boy, everybody's working for the weekend. Anyone there? Yes, some of you guys. What about this one? If I can just not be a jerk back to that person, then it's a win. Yeah? Um, if I can just take three deep breaths and recenter myself, then I'm good. Anyone? Yeah. Here's the thing. Those are all our great habits um, to do, but every one of those statements had something in common. It revolved around me. It revolved around what I can do. It revolved around me avoiding this person, right? And, and, and I'm saying me because I am guilty of that, but here's the thing. There's, there's a problem when it comes to, to a lot of our views of Christianity like I said, I'm throwing myself in there because I've been guilty of this too. There's a lot of problems when it comes to our view of Christianity where we think, man, if I can just stop doing X, then it'll be good. And then we'll come on Sunday and like pepper Jesus in our lives and be like, okay, cool, I did my part. Instead of making Jesus the center of all that we do and let him change our hearts. Not us changing our behaviors, but God changing our hearts. This is not behavior modification. It's spiritual transformation that can only be had through a relationship with Jesus. Man, someone a lot smarter than me once told me this. They said, mercy is what we ask for when we see who we really are. But grace is what we get when we see who God is. Mercy when we see who, who we really are because we realize, oh my gosh, I'm so messed up. I'm so fallen. And we see that in light of a perfect and holy God. And we're like, please, please, God, don't give me what I deserve. But you know what God gives us in return? He gives us grace. He says, I'm going to give you stuff that you don't deserve. I'm going to give you love and kindness and patience and joy. I'm going to give you these things that you don't deserve. If we want steps on dealing with difficult people, step one, draw close to Jesus and see how your, tra or see how your perspective has changed. When you draw close to Christ, see how your perspective has changed when dealing with difficult people because we realize that we have been difficult people to God our entire lives. Romans 5, 8, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Romans 5, 8, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. Keeping in context in the continuity with the, uh, the sermon series, uh, Christ died for us while we were still Scrooges, while we were still selfish and greedy and difficult and far from God, Christ died for us. We draw close to Jesus and our perspective has changed because we're like, wow, 
that's how God's dealt with me. That's how God's dealt with me. Man, on Wednesday nights, I give our students like one big point, right? I'm like, hey, if you've been asleep this whole time, focus in for these next 10 seconds um, and, and we'll, we'll walk away with one big, one big point. And here's the big, here's the big thing for this morning is that God is not asking us to do anything or give anything that he has not already done and given to us in the person of Jesus, right? God's not asking us to live in such a way that has not already been lived out in the person of Jesus. And I'm closing and I'm wrapping up with this. And here's the thing, like these fruit of the spirits, like I said, they are not some impossible pipe dream. It is God saying, hey, this is how Jesus lived. Go and do the same. Go and do the same. Man, we think it's so difficult to deal um, with Scrooges in our lives. And can I tell you, on our own it is. On our own it's impossible. But that's why we're saying, Jesus, it's not what I want to do. It's what you are doing in me and what you are changing in me. Man, we are celebrating Christmas. We're celebrating the birth of Christ. But here's the deal. From the manger to the cross, you see all of God's goodness and his uh, glory and his, his mercy on full display. All those fruit of the spirits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We see those on display in the life of Christ. When it comes to dealing with difficult people, we don't need changes in our behavior. We need a transformation in our heart. If Shannon will come out here. We're, we're wrapping up right here. Man, with, with complete honesty between us. Man, there's a lot of us that have to put up with difficult people on a daily basis. And can I tell you that if we try just to change our behavior, it's not going to work. But when we draw close to Jesus, there's a change that happens in our heart, in our mind, in our attitude. Man, we've got five different values right here at Foundations Church. Growing equals changing. Man, we should always be growing and changing. And your life today should look really different in a week in a month, in a year, because you are constantly getting closer and closer to Jesus. Don't let your setbacks, don't let your, your faults when dealing with difficult people like throw you into a tailspin and be like, man, I've messed up. Because guess what? God's saying, I know. I know. And I'm still being patient with you. I'm still being patient with you. Man, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to ask you guys this question. Man, God has dealt patiently with us through our mistakes and through our faults and through our mess-ups. Man, that verse in, in Titus says that when God's kindness and love were displayed, he saved us. Can I tell you that God's kindness and love are still on display? They haven't gone anywhere. Man, and if you are far from God, maybe when you were little you prayed some prayer, you're like, Michael, I haven't talked to God in a while. My life isn't where it needs to be. Can I tell you that God is still being patient with you? There is still salvation. There is still forgiveness to be had at the foot of Jesus. And today, man, is an awesome day to say, you know what? I want to make that change. I want my life to be different. And I'm going to count to three. And, I, and when I get to three, if you say, Michael, yeah, I want that change. I want that relationship. Will you simply just raise your hand? One, two, three. Is there anyone here today that says, I need that change? I need that relationship. I've been far from God and I need to come back. Yeah, I see your hand. Thank you. 
Man, I believe that we are a family of believers, that we are all God's children. And we had one brave individual say, yeah, that's me. I want that change. And as a family of believers, can we repeat this prayer just in solidarity with this person who, who prayed that prayer? Can we say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. I know that I've messed up. But thank you so much for being patient. God, I pray that you would change my heart. That you would make me like you. Today I say no more to myself. And I draw close to you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done for me. Today my life has changed. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.